it's a fig leaf for a uh, for a small incursion into Ukraine. When he was running for president a couple of years ago, candidate Joe Biden said, Vladimir Putin doesn't want me to be president. It's because I'm the only person in this field who's ever gone toe to toe with him. Well, they just went toe to toe over Ukraine. And guess who's got stubbed? Hey, everybody. I'm Steve Green with Bill Whittle and Scott Otten. Before we get to that on today's Right Angle, I don't know what platform you're watching this on, but there's a little thumbs up. Give us a little thumbs up. There's a little alarm to subscribe. Hit that alarm. The police won't come, I promise. Well, it depends on which episode you're watching. And if there's a if there's a star rating, give us a nice one. Be kind. We'd love that. Anyway, gentlemen, you all know about the news from Ukraine. Uh, Russian strongman Vladimir Putin declared that he was recognizing the independence of those two little Ukrainian statelets that are ethnically Russian and have been in dispute since 2014, which frees him up to send in, you know, peacekeeping troops <sighs> or whatever he's going to call them. Who knows? It's it's a fig leaf for a uh, for a small incursion into Ukraine. Let's let's just borrow that phrase from President Joe Biden. Um, Bill, White House spokesweasel Jen Psaki said on uh, Monday afternoon that President Biden will soon issue an executive order that will prohibit new investment, trade, and financing by U.S. persons. This is sounding pretty serious, isn't it? To, from, or in the so-called DNR, that's the Donetsk People's Republic, and the LNR, that's the Luhansk People's Republic regions of Ukraine. Um Wow. These are sanctions. This would be like Russia going to economic war with the United States by refusing trade with certain people in Puerto Rico. Uh, is this the firm response you were expecting? It's the response I was expecting. Yeah. Uh, was it the DNR and the PNR? LNR. LNR. So basically what the president of the United States has done is by saying we will no law, we will provide, we will sanction any trade with the DNR and the LNR. He's basically said that the, that the DNR and the LNR actually exist and therefore given justification to, to uh, Vladimir Putin for invading what, what are essentially just regions of the Ukraine. When the, when the president of the United States refers to these two areas, He's essentially granting Putin his case. And uh, I took a look at the map uh, after our backstage show and before this show and took a look at the borders of Ukraine. And there are no actual outlines for those two particular mini states that Putin claims are in existence. So the question becomes, did he cross the border of Ukraine? Yes or no. And if the answer is yes, and it is, then that's an invasion of the Ukraine. Now, as it turns out, we have plenty of examples of this kind of thing, but none of them more clear than with our friend Adolf Hitler, who, who basically did this with the Sudetenland. He was slowly building his empire. He knew he couldn't go too fast. So basically what he did was he said, there's an area of Czech Czechoslovakia, which is in Czechoslovakia that has a lot of Germans in it. And since there's a lot of Germans in it, we need to go in there and protect those Germans. And so he invaded Czechoslovakia, and then he got the rump half of Czechoslovakia by intimidation a few months later. So this is what happens. And folks, there's one history lesson to be taken away from this. It's the most important lesson in all of human history. I, As a historian, I'm telling you, this is the only thing you really need to know. After World War II was over, 
we got a hold of the of the records of the uh, Oberkommando der Wehrmacht, the OKW. This was the German uh, chief of staff, essentially the German joint chiefs. We got a hold of their records. We got to find out what the German generals were actually saying at the time that they said them. And what the German generals were saying was this: prior to his uh, his, his uh, protection uh, incursion into the Sudetenland. The first thing that Adolf Hitler did that violated the Treaty of Versailles, the first border that he actually crossed, was the border into the Rhineland, German territory. But the, video, the Treaty of Versailles said you cannot have armed troops in there because if you do, then we don't have a buffer and we haven't been impressed with you so far. The German generals at the OKW wrote to each other and they said this. If a French policeman had been standing on the bridge between Germany and the Sudetenland, one French policeman had been standing on that bridge, Hitler would have turned around and then they would have deposed Hitler. Uh, the absence of a French policeman caused World War II because that was the first time that you let a man who was determined to get what he wanted cross a line and not do anything about it. So the only line that Vladimir Putin has crossed is the border with Ukraine. And now we have basically said, well, I suppose you can have these, these territories and that territory and so on. They're not even marked on a map, Steve. They're not even marked on a map. There is a line that's marked on the map and Russian tanks have crossed it. And we didn't do anything. Um, so we'll pay the consequences. Uh, just to be clear, uh, Hitler didn't invade the Sudetenland. He was given it by the British and French at uh, at Munich when Chamberlain thought he was buying peace in our time. Um, he 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 occupied it yeah, essentially. He, yeah. he made the case I, for it. The next thing you know, it's yeah, I just, just wanted to uh, make sure that was no, you're uh, right. clear for you're our right. audience. And thanks for the clarification. And now I don't think it's worth us going to war with Ukraine. I've or in Ukraine, I've said time and time again, I don't want to go to war with Russia. And I certainly don't want to go to war with Russia over Ukraine. That said, if you're going to engage in a bunch of tough guy talk like Joe Biden has, you put the reputation of the United States on the line. And these these not even half measures, these these 10th measures are just almost embarrassing as, as, as the collapse of our reputation here. And, uh, what, and what about the rest of Europe? You think they might have had something to say about this, given yeah. uh, recent memory? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, such a cluster fudge. Uh, Scott, Joe Kent, he's a, a GOP congressional candidate in Washington state, uh, tweeted on Monday or Tuesday that reopening the Keystone XL pipeline and flooding the market with U.S. energy is the most counter Putin measure we can take that strengthens us and hurts him. And that's the end of the quote. And of course, Biden is the one who canceled Keystone XL. And I don't think you can just reignite that uh, just by unsigning an executive order. A lot of Stuff has gone away in terms of getting that done. Uh, but we could stop this this war on U.S. domestic energy production that Biden has been engaging for the last year. And that would hurt Putin a lot. The Saudis, too. It's you know, it's win, win, win. Cheaper gas for us. Uh, do you see Biden taking that kind of a step? Uh, no, I don't. And for a couple of reasons. I mean, th those of you who are getting fuel at the pump realize that the price has been going up. And, and you probably realize that the price of oil, which uh, last I heard was at about $100 a barrel now, so it's up substantially from what it was just a couple of years ago. Um, 
That is determined by contracts that are purchased months in advance. I think it's something like uh, half a year in advance that a lot of these contracts are being purchased. So those, when you hear the Brent crude pricing and stuff like that, it is for oil futures uh, that are purchased for down the line. Um, so you know that doesn't create an instant reaction. But I think that that uh, author that you or that uh, candidate that you mentioned is on the right track, ramping up production and opening our pipelines, so to speak. Uh, for more oil, reducing the price of oil that uh, that uh, Russia can get, and and uh, John McCain and others have suggested that Russia is just a gas station, <laughs> um, that uh, that that would be helpful uh, to us and hurtful to Putin. I want to clarify, just in case anybody misheard what you said about the extent of U.S. sanctions that President Biden is talking about. These are not hurting anybody currently doing business in those areas. These are sanctions against new business. So essentially, nobody was punished except for perhaps a handful of people who may be engaged in current negotiations for things that they hope to do in the future. So nobody's wrist got slapped who's actually there. So to me, that's a pretty hollow sanction. It's just basically saying, well, we're not going to let you do business in the future for what you've done in the past. Instead of saying, okay, you, you took a foot, we're, we're taking consequences that are uh, concomitant with what you have done, and we're going to do it now so that you can feel the impact of it now. Unfortunately, I don't think Biden understands, and I, I don't know where this muscular foreign policy uh, has ever been what, that he talked about in the campaign, but he doesn't seem to basically grasp that you have to treat a strong man with strength. Um, you have to be able to take on a guy like Putin, not in, not with, uh, you know, waving the bloody shirt or, you know, saber rattling and stuff like that. But you need to take firm, decisive, concrete action that hurts short of war, I think, at this point. I think you're right about that, at least for the near future. Uh, and I don't see that coming out of the Biden administration. Now, the sad thing is, at some point, if you pursue a uh, equivocation and appeasement as it seems like the Biden administration is doing with regard to Vladimir Putin, you eventually invite more aggression to the point where you are going to have to go to war. You'll have to be, do it because uh, Putin will take advantage of your weakness in exercise of his strength, and then you'll be backed into a corner and nothing good can come of that. Can I just add one thing, Steve, because you talked about not wanting to go to war in Ukraine. I don't want to go to war in Ukraine either. The entire point of the policeman on the bridge is that it prevents you from going to war. Exactly. That's the entire point. It, it, it calls the bluff of somebody who will be deterred. And, and if you don't deter him, you, you create in his mind the same kind of extraordinarily dangerous overconfidence that Hitler had, that Stalin had, that Osama bin Laden had, that all of them had. If they had been stopped early, then they would not have achieved what they what they managed to achieve, which is an enormous amount of death and ruin. And exactly. in Germany, Germany and the UK have both released stronger sanctions than the Biden administration has. And, and yep. I think, you know, even in sanctioning, he has been weak. Yeah. Uh, Germany shut down uh, construction on Nord Stream 2, which was <laughs> going to be Putin's final 
uh, uh, stranglehold on uh, on Europe's energy supplies. They so, should have put a German private and a British private on the road and def- <laughs> and dared those Russian tanks to run over. Well, that's th- what they should have done. The the thing is, instead of doing that, Biden practically invented invited them in a month ago when he said, "Oh, right. we wouldn't oh, minor incursions. Yeah, we wouldn't yeah, no we problem. wouldn't do all these harsh sanctions that we have lined up if it were just a minor incursion." Biden's exact words, and so Putin set it up so that it looks like. A minor incursion. And that was on Monday of this week. On Tuesday, I just saw this breaking news item. Uh, I can't remember where I saw this, and it's only the headline. But apparently on Tuesday morning, uh, Rocky Mountain time, uh, Putin said that the Minsk agreements, those are the ones they si- he signed with a bunch of European countries and I think the U.S. a couple of years ago uh, protecting Ukraine. Minsk agreements no longer exist. Ukraine must be demilitarized and give up NATO ambitions. A lot to unpack there, but apparently Putin now isn't stopping at the Sudetenland. Um, as Bill mentioned, about six months after Hitler got the Sudetenland, he just rolled into the rest of Czechoslovakia because, well, he had all the border forts already in the Sudetenland. It was easy. Um, and he knew the British and the French wouldn't do anything about it. Exactly. At this point, Putin is calling for, at best, the Finlandization of Ukraine. If you'll recall, Finland was tough enough and lucky enough not to get overrun by the Soviets in World War II. But after World War II and until the end of the Cold War, Finland's foreign policy was essentially run out of out of Moscow. They were not allowed their own foreign policy. And there, there was a lot of Soviet influence over their their even their domestic government. That is what it looks like. Uh, Putin is aiming for in Ukraine, which I wrote for PJ Media just a couple of weeks ago. That was probably what he was going to do. And here we are. And it didn't have to be this way because we didn't have, as Bill said, that one man on the bridge. And if you'd asked me a year and a half ago when we had a different president whether we should negotiate away Ukraine's independence effectively over some sort of Finland-type arrangement, I would have said, oh, hell no. But right now, with everything else that Joe Biden's given away, I'm afraid that might just be the best case scenario. There's your right angle on that. Brought to you by the members of BillWhittle.com. Hey, quick reminder, content like this needs sponsors like you. Go to BillWhittle.com, become a member, or just make a one-time donation. We'd sure appreciate your support to keep these shows coming. Thanks so much for watching. We'll see you next time. 